Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We are a church with open hearts, open minds, and open doors who are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we do that by offering our sermons for you online. And so we hope you enjoy listening to today's sermon. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. And in the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. In the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. And all of us gathered here today said, Amen. Our scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. Listen to these words. In those days, after the suffering of that time, the sun will become dark and the moon won't give us its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the planets and the other heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and splendor. Then he will send the angels and gather together his chosen people from the four corners of the earth and the end of the earth to the end of the heaven. Learn this parable from the fig tree. After his branch becomes tender, it sprouts new leaves. You know, its summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happen, you know that he is near at the door. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come. Not angels in heaven or not the Son. Only the Father knows. Watch out. Stay alert. You do not know when the time is coming. It is as if someone took a trip, left the household behind, and put the servants in charge, giving each one a job to do, and told the doorkeeper to stay alert. Therefore, stay alert. You do not know when the head of the household will come, whether in the evening or midnight, or when the rooster crows in the early morning or at daybreak. Don't let him show up when you weren't expecting and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, stay alert. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. We start Advent today. I love Advent. Advent is that season that we prepare ourselves for Christmas, the, the coming of Jesus, his birth. And, and far too often in church, in churches, we want to have Christmas now. I mean, you want to have Christmas now, don't you? Some of you are like, no, we're not ready for it. We're not prepared. We're not prepared. We have to be prepared for Christmas, right? We have to be prepared for the meals, the parties, the gifts, the travel, everything else. We have to be prepared. Because you don't want to have a Christmas party not prepared, do you? You don't want your family coming over to your house and, and the only thing that is up is the same Christmas tree you left up last year because you were too tired after Christmas. Not that that's happened in any of your households, but I have been to a few homes visiting as a pastor where people had Easter trees, which then became Fourth of July trees, which then became Christmas trees. It's amazing how that stuff works. But we have to be prepared for these things. 
And it's the same thing in, in the scripture reading we're leading today. The lesson that we can learn that God is preparing for us to is that sometimes we have to wait. We have to be prepared, but there's a waiting period too. And far too often, I think, in this world of, of instant uh, things, we just expect things to happen, and then there's no waiting period. But life is a waiting period for the end goal. I look forward to that day when I stand before God, and he looks at me, and he says, Matt, good and faithful servant, you weren't as good as I was hoping you to, but you were exactly what I needed. Come and rest. But until that day comes, I have to prepare myself for that day. I have to prepare uh, not only myself, my family. I have to let them understand that, that Jesus is important during this season. But not beat people over the heads with it. I have to model it and love and care for one another. We have to be prepared, not, not just for all the things that we have on our to-do list between now and the end of the year, because I know how Christmas works in a lot of families. You don't just have Christmas Day. You have Christmas Day with family, Christmas Day with friends, Christmas Day with coworkers, Christmas Day with people you don't even know because you found yourself at another Christmas party that you got dragged to by a friend or family member. This is a long season. And if we're not spiritually prepared, when the Christ child comes, we forget the meaning and we lose track of what this season is truly about. I like what Mike Slaughter says. He, he reminds us, he also he wrote a book called this, Christmas is Not Your Birthday. Now, if it is, I'm sorry. <laughs> because while your day is important and the day of your birth is important, uh, Jesus trumps you. You'll still get your presence, but realize that it really is about Jesus. And so what are you waiting for? How are you preparing yourself? Preparation is key until that time when Jesus comes back, because we don't know the hour. It, it's kind of like, have you ever had one of those classes that the professor walked in one day and said, hey, we're going to have a pop quiz, and you weren't ready? You hadn't done any of the reading, or you hadn't done any of the homework to prepare yourself for a potential pop quiz? Surely you've never done that. You are people of preparedness. Well, don't follow your pastor, because that's happened to him several times. Because preparation is hard. It's not easy. Waiting is hard, and it's not easy. We, we want Christmas now, but we don't want it now because it's stressful, and it's, and it's hard, and and. But we need Christmas now because we need to be reminded that, that the light of the world came in to change it, to extinguish darkness, to give hope, to give peace on earth. I love this line, and, and I, I very rarely ever uh, use Eugene Peterson's The Message uh, translation or paraphrase. It, it, I, I love it and I hate it. As a scholar, I think it's a great... It's a great work, but it's not, I'm not going to preach from it. But in Eugene Peterson's work, uh, in the message, in this particular verse, I like what he says at that last line. He says, stay at your post, keep watch. Stay at your post, keep watch. God put you here in this place, in this particular time, in this particular place, for a reason. To be the light in this world. 
my friend Jerry Hershops. Jerry and I were talking on Friday afternoon. Uh, we were getting ready to, to record for our podcast, and, and, and Jerry said these words. You have to understand, Jerry uh, is a minister of a church of only three members, but they meet in a bar in Denver every Monday night, and they have about 50 people come to worship every night, every Monday night. They make, their call to worship is making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the poor, which they then spend the next seven days in the park with the people who need to eat, and they serve communion to them. I love Jerry's ministry and what he's doing. He does great work. I've been to his church once, and let me tell you, there is nothing more special than sitting there and making sandwiches with people that, that are at a bar, and they're looking at you like, why are you here? And you say, we're here for church. I love the look on people's faces. But Jerry's doing great work, and Jerry said these things. Jerry said this, and, and it really touched me this week. He said, the more darkness that's in the world, we need more light. The more darkness in the world, we need more light. And we're the light. So whether your, your light, your, your faith is a little, you know, a little flame, that little flame can make a big difference. Now I want you to look in the sanctuary for just a second. If you notice, half the lights are finished and half the lights aren't. You can tell a difference between a little light and a big light. It's kind of noticeable, isn't it? But every light matters. Could you imagine if we could just turn off these front rows and the darkness that would be in here and the light? But even those lights that are worn and seasoned, some of those lights were up there when they originally put up the canisters. I know, I'm the guy that climbed up the ladder on some of those. They serve their purpose. They were good and faithful servants, and now they rest. And we look forward to the day when we get the rest of the package to be able to install the light in here. Dream with me what this will look like when all the lights will be shining. And that's what it looks like, church, when every single one of us bees just a little light. We make a difference in this world. And that's what the scripture reading is, is, is challenging us today. It, it's, not, it's not preaching on the end times, although some people say that it would, and I would say that it would too. However, it's calling us to the reality that we are called to be prepared in our faith journeys for that day when Jesus does come back. Are you prepared? I got a few things I need to work out first. But life is a journey. Life is a process. Our faith journeys will have ups and downs and ebbs and flows, but the thing that matters is that if we strive to be the light, even on our not-so-best days, if we can be the light, we can change the world. And so, church, I want to challenge you this week. I want, I want, I want to encourage you to, to dive deep into the story, because if you notice, the, the spontaneous Christmas story probably happened that crazy. I love the spontaneous nativity story. I don't like those pretty, nice, you know, nice rehearsed lines. Mary comes up all ready and prepared. I liked today. You know why I liked today? Because Mary didn't want to answer the call. The initial Mary, Mary was scared. Wouldn't you be scared? If an angel appeared to you and said, you're going you're gonna to have the Prince of Peace? You would be scared. If you wouldn't, we might check you into the mental hospital. And, 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 
and the craziness of it all. That's the story. It's not pretty. It's scary. But there's hope and peace and love and joy. And that's why we need Advent. We have to be prepared to be the light in the world because Christ calls us to be the light. So this week, how are you going to be the light? How are you going to prepare yourself to be the hands, feet, and heart of Jesus? Because God is calling you to do that. Now, on a side note, I want to share with you, 50 years ago, Several of you were probably here in this congregation 50 years ago when we consecrated this building. 50 years ago to the day we consecrated this building to be used to be the hands, feet, and heart of God. And for 50 years you have been faithful. And we've expanded and grown and things have changed. The world has changed. For those of you who are here, could you imagine that 50 years ago we'd be able to have the Bible in the palm of our hands, and it wouldn't be this thick. Could you imagine that 50 years ago, the technology that they were using is like the size of this room, like computers are like the size of this room, and now we have more computing power in our pockets than we did on the first space shuttle. A lot has changed, but one thing has remained the same. Christ's love and Christ's challenge for you to be a loving and caring church. And church, you have been loving and caring for these 50 years. And I hope and pray that the next 50 years are just as strong, if not better. I hope and pray that the next 50 years, that, that we be the hands, feet, and heart of Christ for the world. I hope and pray that we be the light for the world. Because 50 years ago, there were people that believed that this place could make a difference for the kingdom of God. And I know we feel that same way today. And so what I want you to do is you're leaving today. I want you to, to lay your hands on this building and pray for this building that God uses it again. As you leave today, I want you to take some time and, and pray a prayer over this building because it needs you to do it. So that way it reminds itself of its purpose to transform and to build the kingdom. I want you to, to, to be adamant in your prayer because that's what you did 50 years ago. And look at all the disciples you've made in that time. Think of all the people that have passed through these doors. Some are waiting for us to greet us in heaven. Some are right here with us. And some have moved away. But you know what? God's love remains the same. And so I want to invite you as you're leaving today, after we receive communion and all that stuff, I want you to just lay your hands on the building and pray for it. Say a brief prayer. And that will be special. And I want you to remember that 50 years ago, this day, we consecrated this place. Isn't that really cool that it's on this day? And so for those of you that were here on that day, share your story with those of us that weren't. And what you remember. Because that's what we need to do to keep the story going. And so I thank those of you that were here. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your willingness to continue on and to keeping forward the mission of Jesus Christ. 
Thank you. And so your challenge is simple. Pray for the building, and then go be the light for the world. We hope you've enjoyed listening today online, and we'd love to for you to come and join us at 10 a.m. Sunday morning or 6.30 p.m. Sunday night. You can find out more about us by going online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day.